Welcome to the latest episode of Cool Culture Corner. We discuss ways how we can better involve our teams better productivity, better profits, and growth. I'm your host for Cool Culture Corner, Ken Bader, and I have a great guest here today. We're already laughing it up. Let me tell you a bit about him. His name is Shane Fielder. He is the innovative samurai. That's interesting. Uh, he is the modern-day samurai with a fourth-degree black belt in the Japanese martial art of Aikido. Glad we're doing this via Zoom and not in person. I don't want to get my ass kicked. 24 years ago, he started an exploration to find out what made large national brands extremely successful over locally grown entrepreneurs. He pursued a business education by working with iconic brands that your patronage has likely helped build. During this time, Shane discovered how to apply big brand corporate success secrets into a variety of businesses to create highly profitable results. I can go on and on because he's got a great resume here, but I want you to hear from Shane. Shane, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ken. Great to be here. Great to have you. My pleasure. Um, before we segue back into a discussion on hockey, uh, because we're both NHL fans and Shane is in Calgary, um, my Canadian fans are, are, excuse me, my Canadian guests are always so much fun. Why is that? Canadian culture, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. You know, maybe it's you know, all the mellow up there. It's not as crowded. Who knows? <laughs> fresh air. Yeah, fresh air. Yeah, exactly. Here in Los Angeles County, uh, we only get fresh air in a pandemic when people stop driving everywhere. Uh, but we're going to talk about uh, a subject which is uh, really keen to me, uh, and I really want to hear your perspective on that, which is balance is a myth achieve work-life harmony instead and I think you know we've heard so much about this work-life balance um you know to some and including me it's almost annoying it's like you know hey you know you work-life balance you know find your own inner peace you know almost and I can tell some stories <laughs> on that but you know what is the difference between work-life balance and work-life harmony Shane? Yeah, it's a great it's a great distinction that I made many years ago coaching different executive level clients and working with businesses to turn people around and one of the things I realized early on is that you really can't turn around a business if you don't turn around the people running the business. And I know you talk about that in your book and and how that transformation the iceberg and all that kind of concept it really works well. But people buy into this idea like you were saying like they've been hit over the head a number of times with oh you have to have, you know, work life balance. And it's almost like it's said in jest, like your boss or supervisor may come up to you and say, John, you need better work-life balance. <laughs> and, but then he wants you to put in 10 hours of overtime on the weekend to get the report done. Yeah. And you're going like how, do I, like, how do I do all of that? And so you're left on your own. And when you're left on your own, balance means that there's a decision that has to be made. It's a competition between two sets of priorities. Like I have to keep something in balance. So one thing would rise up and get the priority and the attention. The other thing has to suffer. So I'm going to choose contribution to work, putting in the work time, rising the corporate ladder, climbing the ladder, doing all that stuff. And honey, I will just let you and the kids suffer for three or four years while I get to some point. Uh, and then you wake up and you say, now my life is out of balance and I need to get more balance. And, and it's, it's just really kind of a messed up way to live. Yeah. So 
you're always in you're always in competition with one thing or another and you know one of the things is trying to separate work life from home life or personal life that's impossible too your life is your life i mean you look at an employee versus an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and an employee has the some semblance of a of a mindset that i start my day at the office i end my day at the office and you know the work is done to a degree maybe i check some emails in the evening or whatever but then the entrepreneur, he or she wakes up in the day and it's their life. Like there is no punch in, punch out when you're a business right. owner or an entrepreneur. You're thinking about your business. It's an integrated part of your life. So work-life harmony is a different definition of that where we're saying there are going to be times in your life where you have a peak season. You have a go time. You have something you're highly engaged on, you're working on. And it could be work, it can be personal, it can be whatever. Um, and so you need to then have a mechanism that you can assess your priorities and your values so that you can go out and accomplish all those things without sacrifice. <laughs> so yeah, basically if you're trying to balance work and everything out about you as an individual, all the roles that you fill as a husband, wife, father, mother, you know, son, daughter, uncle, aunt, all those things. And then you want to try and carve out some time for your hobbies and individual pursuits that all has to compete in the you life bucket and then you got this work bucket well that's that's an okay paradigm if maybe you're just a nine to five government employee or an employee that has a very defined punch in punch out time you don't take work home with you you don't work on the weekends maybe that might work but for the you know for a lot of the professional folks and high impact leaders that i work with that paradigm doesn't work right they need to have work-life harmony so i mean i can give you lots of stories of clients that we're going into a peak situation. One of my clients, he's an accountant for 40 years. Uh, he's, he's an amazing man. I, I, feel, I feel blessed to be able to work with him. When I met him, he called tax season busy season. Mm-hmm. And we started talking about like, why do you call it busy season? He goes, well, it's busy season. And I got him to understand that busy season is like a badge of busyness. It's like a badge of honor. Right. And it's like, how hard can you grind? And can you have the staying power for 14 hours a day for four or five months of the year to get busy season done? When we got into talking about work-life harmony, the shift for him was, why don't we start talking about peak season? Yeah. And he was like, what do you mean? I said, this is your peak season. This is your Stanley Cup championships. Mm -hmm. This is the time where your clients need you to shine. You know, clients are going to be disorganized, chaotic. They're going to need you to come through in a pinch and a clutch situation for them. This is your time for you and your team to shine. And once he got that mindset shift accomplished, he went into the office with more excitement. He started thinking about how can I enable greater leadership? How can I support and serve my team so they can offer peak level of service and experience to our clients? Everything changed for him. So he went from 37 years of never taking vacations until after busy season. And him and his wife took a 10 day cruise during peak season. They go visit their kids now for three or four day weekends during peak season. Mm-hmm. And if you were to ask him today, what was the difference? He said, it was my mindset. Yeah. I just believe that I used to have to be able to do that. I believe that that was the way that in the accounting profession, that was the expectation. Mm-hmm. He didn't have an opportunity to believe otherwise that there's a different way for me to do that. And yeah. so once he started getting into work-life harmony and realizing, okay, it's peak season. Yeah. Let me communicate that with everyone that's important in my life. Uh-huh. Let me, let me communicate to them that I might be out of reach, but I can still be in touch with you. Right. 
So if you really need me, I'll be there and I'll make time. I'll still show up for Sunday night dinners. I'll still, you know, uh, and actually their hometown is Chicago. So like you, he would. (laughs) I like him already. (laughs) Yeah, you like him already. What's not to like him? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I love. So he, yeah, so he flies back home to Chicago during peak season and visits his grandkids and kids and attends to family business and. And he now has a greater level of like his confidence is that much better, but he also has a greater level of freedom. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I would say his leadership is transcended. It's been exponentially better because when we're now out of peak season, guess what we're doing? We're thinking about the next peak season. Mm-hmm. We're looking at what went good during peak season, what went off the rails, how do we mitigate that coming up? And so, you know, one of the things I know you talk about a lot is culture. Mm-hmm and the experience and so for him that's enabled us to to sit down with his team after a cooling off period a renewal period they can then sit down and say okay let's look at our 10 ugliest clients like what happened (laughs) what didn't go as well ugliest in terms of how they look or ugliest because they're they're challenging uh, I would say ugly from how the team delivered the service. <laughs> so they, they were, they were looking more internally. Yeah. <laughs> well, bad, bad, bad joke there. But anyhow, I had, I had to toss that in. My audience knows. Yeah. I got where you're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> so that, you know, they were able to look, they're able to improve their service after because they're saying, okay, like where did we maybe not put in our best performance? Where did we struggle? Because, you know, we didn't set up the project scope correctly right. or whatever. Um, sometimes it's a matter of, Hey, they struggled because somebody on the team got sick, mm-hmm. right. Or somebody had a baby during peak season or something happened, a uh, sudden illness, some other like thing that caused them to be distracted. And then other people have to pick up the pieces. And so what that now allows is they've gone into saying, okay, well, how does that make us better as a team? How do we, mm-hmm. how do we plan these things? How do we put in contingency for that? So going back to work-life harmony, yeah. work-life harmony means you have a season of high energy output and then you have a season of low energy output and it's harmonizing the two of them and knowing when do you need to be really on? And then when do you take time to go into a low energy cycle, renew, recover, reassess, reevaluate, and then plan and prepare to go into your next high energy cycle. Yeah. So I think that's a concept that a lot of people don't think about. Yeah. Yeah. I love the, the mindset and what that brings about in terms of the difference between balance and harmony. Um, as you were talking about the example with the accountant um, and even explaining balance versus harmony, the analogy that I was thinking that I often use in the context of strategic planning is a flight pattern. Um, and you've mm-hmm. probably heard this in, in your work as well, is that you know, when a plane is in the airport, it has a flight path, a flight plan, if you will, uh, and then it takes off. And then in the air, it, it's constantly readjusting. Um, in fact, I think I, I'm not a pilot, but I think I read somewhere that somewhere about 80% of the time, maybe even more, that plane is off of its flight pattern or flight, or flight path. Uh, but it always ends up, or almost always, I shouldn't say always, but almost always the plane ends up at its exact destination, sometimes even earlier, despite being off of their flight path. And so 
what I'm kind of hearing and thinking of in your analogy of balance versus harmony is, you know what, during our life, many times, maybe 80% of the time, we're out of balance, uh, but we're not necessarily out of harmony in understanding that we have different roles as possibly a husband, a father, a, uh, a friend, a, uh, an entrepreneur, an executive. And sometimes, you know, for, for some, that always meshes into different things every hour. And others, it's more compartmentalized. Uh, but understanding the harmony of that, you are playing many different roles. And also realizing that, you know, I'm not always going to be in balance, but I understand exactly how to get back into balance at certain times. Um, that that helps me with my harmony. Is that a good analogy or did I just completely yep. go off the rails here? No, you, you just got me thinking about a couple other good ideas and examples that intersects with that. So, so you are right. And now a word from our sponsor, Bader Training and Consulting. Do you have a specific brand, culture, or strategy problem in your business? Maybe you know something's wrong, but you don't necessarily know exactly what the problem is. Well, BTC offers periodically 15-minute free strategy sessions. They're completely complimentary. We give you a tip that you can implement in your business that's going to help your brand, culture, or strategy in that 15-minute call. And it's not a 15-minute sales call. It is a deep dive into a specific issue that you may be having at your unique business. To schedule a 15-minute strategy session, go to www.btcinc.net and go to the Contact Us page. Simply put in your information, and in the comments, all you need to do is put strategy session and we will contact you about scheduling your unique 15-minute strategy session to help your unique business. So there's two, two things that I, I think, number one is expectation. Mm -hmm. So anytime you go to accomplish a goal, you're gonna be way out of balance. You're gonna be struggling because you've never accomplished that goal. So if you're doing something for the first time, so I think about like the dojo situation when I'm teaching sure. students Aikido. Um, it's so, I see it so many times, like they come in with this expectation of how long does it take me to get a black belt, Sensei? And I say, well, five to eight years, depending on what your input's going to be. Right. And so then we have that conversation and then the student starts progressing and they've got this expectation that they somehow have to get to the next level of rank quickly. And usually they'll hit a point of frustration and they'll say, I think I'm going to quit. Why? Well, I'm not really progressing. And then I'll sit down and say, well, you know, where you're at, having trained for six months or five years or wherever, here's where you're at. And here's the next step. And here's how far you are. And here's how far you've come, mm -hmm. but you're really close. And it, re it, it just reframes the expectation. Yeah. And they go, oh, I'm doing really good. Yeah, you're doing really good. Oh, okay. So for someone that's only been in the dojo for six months and has never trained in a martial art, they're going to have a little, like they're going to be way off course in, the, in terms of the syllabus. Right. But if someone's come to me where they've got five or 10 years of previous Taekwondo experience or karate or something, they're going to be really down the center line, really in like almost on the line in terms of how they'll arrive because they have previous experience. Right. So the harmony of all of this is setting your expectation to a one of harmony. 
mm-hmm. setting to setting it to one of understanding so that whether you're in a personal situation and you're working on a personal pursuit, when I was training for a lot of years, my wife knows this every time I would get to my next testing rank, you know, like uh, my last rank that I tested for was fourth degree black belt. Mm-hmm. And that's in Japanese, we call that yondan and that's your international sensei license. Like you become a legitimate sensei when you get yondan. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, your, the Japanese consider you to be an international teacher at that point. So it's a very serious rank and sure. they don't hand them out lightly. And so when sensei, my sensei from Japan came into Calgary and he's like, okay, you all test for yondan and 18 months, I'd be back. And we were like, oh, no. It was intense. (laughs) Because, I mean, there's so much stuff that you had to do to prepare for that exam and weapons forms and just all sorts of stuff. And so my wife knew, like, we sat down and we had a conversation. And so this is where really work-life harmony begins. It begins with expectations and a conversation. So I sat down with Cheryl and said, okay, so here's the timeline. As that timeline approaches closer to testing, I'm going to need to be putting in more hours. I have teaching commitments, but then I have to do my own training. And so like three months leading up to the test, I was doing 25 hours a week of training. Sure. Because I was getting ready. Like I had teaching responsibilities, but then a couple of my friends and I that were all testing for that rank, we were finding off off hour times, staying later after class to work on weapons forms and, and training for our exam. So that's a level of commitment that's required for that one point in time. Mm-hmm. And so she understood that she was like, Hey, yeah, no problem. Like, this is great. Like this is important to you. But then guess what? After the test was done, I cycled way down into a low energy cycle where I was like, Hey, for the next six weeks, I'm just going to do my teaching responsibilities, train a little bit, and then I'm going to recoup some time. And Cheryl and I went on vacation and like, it was just, we had time. So that's an illustration of where, whether you're at home, friends, family, whether you're at work, if you're at work and there's a big project coming up, you still got to communicate to your right. team and, and your leaders and people around you, everyone in the, the stakeholder group saying, look, I'm on project ABC. So who can help me with X, Y, Z and a couple of the other projects in the interim for the next three or four weeks versus just trying to like struggle in silence and balance it all out. Right. Right. Yeah. No, great point. Um, the, the number one thing that I, I took out of what you just said is the word expectation. Um, I think that that's such a powerful word because I think when you're, when you're on the same page of expectation with people, whether it's at home or at work, um, I think things become easier. I, I truly believe that it, when it comes to using your words, work-life harmony, um, that in order to have a cool culture corner, there's a, an expectation as to what the business is going to do and an expectation as to what the employee is going to do. Um, yes, I truly believe that from a business standpoint, um, to, to have a realization of health and wellness of the employee, um, to, to create an environment that allows for some balance, uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, but at some point, the employee needs to have an expectation of what he or she needs to do. Um, case in point, and then I, I want to hear your, your take on this. Um, many, many years ago, 
frankly, before all the health and wellness in the workplace you know, really became a thing, if you will. Um, and it's mm -hmm. a thing that I do believe is important. I think it truly does help morale and creating a cool culture corner. So I support it. But back in the 90s, when I was managing a team, uh, one of my direct reports came to me and informed me that she was pregnant. Uh, which was a, which as a side note was a surprise because she was 35 years old and always said she didn't want kids, but anyhow, a uh, whole, yeah. <laughs> whole nother story. Uh, but she was pregnant <laughs> with twins and she, she said, you know, uh, you know, I, I congratulated her and she said that she was looking, um, towards, you know, what life was going to look like for her as both a mom and a professional and asked for basically, uh, some work-life balance. Can I work from home? Can I do this and that and the other thing? And she, I surprised her because, frankly, I wasn't as balanced as I am now or as progressive. Uh, you know, I surprised her with saying, you know what? You know, I'm sure there's something that we can do. Let me talk to HR and let's see what type of balance we can create here because I think we can do that. Um, and sure enough, you know, we said, okay, well, maybe you can work from home at this time. Maybe we can structure this in this particular way. And that particular employee, you know, really, really pushed the envelope. It's like, well, I want to work from home three days a week and I want to be able to go home early on these days because of that. And I was like, well, you know, all right, you know, we felt a little bit taken advantage of because, yes, we want you to have harmony. Uh, but at some point, you know, we can do a little bit to create this harmonious environment. But at some point, you have to realize that, one, you have to create your own harmony. Uh, and two, you know, we still have a business to run for, for the love of God. You, know, you need to decide whether mm -hmm. you can make this work or possibly there is another career or another profession that you need to go into to create your harmony. Your thoughts on, on, on my story and that experience from the 90s? Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, the expectation is it. I'm totally with you on the expectation. I've managed thousands of employees over my sure. life and, uh, and harmony is good. Harmony can be flexible. It can be malleable, but then there's a certain level of standard. And, you know, obviously we're on the show that talks about culture and you always have to weigh the good of the many to the, the good of the one. And so I'm, I'm totally yep. with you there when it's like, Hey, you know what? She had a major life change. Becoming a mother of twins, that's a whole new season. It's a major change. Not having, not having one baby, but having two is, is massive. Mm -hmm. So it's a time where it's for her to be harmonious with herself, she needs to reevaluate her expectations and what she needs. And unfortunately, my experience shows that the employee can't see that because they're going through something. It could be a divorce, babies. It could be new grandkids, like any kind of major life change. And Sometimes that's where the employer has to take leadership beyond corporate leadership, but also friend to friend, peer to peer, personal leadership yeah. and say, it looks like, Ken, you're going through a situation and here's kind of what we're able to do for you. Yeah. And here's what's reasonable. But beyond this, you've got to figure that out. So how would you like us to help you figure that out? Mm -hmm. Do you need some assistance from us or, you know, and now companies, I think sometimes companies scapegoat it now. We're saying, well, just call the EAP line. Well, that doesn't help. Like they, they really <laughs> need their leader to sit down and say, look, yeah. how can we create a harmonious situation? But 
Um, so I think that's one thing. And I had an experience working in a company where a lot of my employees were internationally based. So a lot of immigrants come to Canada. Mm-hmm. And so we, we get a lot of amazing talent that comes, people that are coming in and doctors and very well-educated people that they needed a transition job for two or three years until they could get their equivalency training done. And so we employed a lot of people. Now, one of the interesting things is these people would work for years without taking vacation. But the expectation was, hey, I got to go back home to Sri Lanka or Africa or wherever. So what I'd like to do in that time is I'll work for you for two years, Shane, take no vacation, but I need eight weeks off two years from now. Yeah. And we would make that work. Uh And sometimes it would ruffle feathers of other employees. Like how come John gets eight weeks off? Well, John hasn't taken a vacation in three years. You take four weeks every year, like do the math. (laughs) <laughs> and we would because he's such a yeah. good employee, right? And sometimes there was, a, there was a commercial value too, is that we knew John would probably, like a lot of times these guys would be working 10 to 20% below market rate if I had to hire somebody else to do right. that. So it's like, hey, you know what? They're really contributing in a lot of ways to the organization. So let's, let's, let's be flexible and, and fit them in when they need to go home for six or eight weeks. And usually when they went home, it, was to, it wasn't really even a holiday. It was like, hey, mom or dad are sick, they might pass, I need to go now. And I need six or eight weeks, right? So I think, I think a lot of times, this is where corporate leadership and personal leadership really comes into play, is you have to be that guy that can take that person aside and walk them through this and say, corporately, here's what I can do for you. We can call HR, we can come up with a new work from home, work, work sharing agreement, but that's where it ends. And from here, how can I help you figure the rest out? Yeah. And sometimes they have to go get a different job somewhere. And sometimes you have to make that decision with and for them. Um, but that's harmony too, because now you're harmonizing the other 200 people that work in the office yeah, or in the division or the branch or wherever you are. Um, and that's, that's, that's the privilege of leadership. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. what I think, what I think is important there is that also speaks into your culture. Mm-hmm. So then that, that, says volumes to the people that are left inside the culture to say, wow, am I ever grateful I work here? Because if I'm going to ever have to go through a situation, at least I know Ken's approachable. At least I know I can walk into his office, put it on the table and, you know, we're going to come up with something and that something will be better than what I might get down the street. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's about making a human connection. Um, And I think that, yeah, especially given the the culture of um, workplace in California, sometimes that's difficult to do where where I'm at. Um, in some states, maybe not so much. But yeah, I remember in in the day when I was managing um, folks, you know, I always thought of it as more of a leadership mentorship role than just management. So, you know, I had, and one-on-ones, I had discussions about divorce, about teenage pregnancy, about, um, you know, I, you know, I got to get this kid into college. Um, you know, I don't, you know, know, you know, if I want to go home today, you know, and, you know, I, I welcome, I didn't force those discussions or uh, pry those, those conversations out of people but made people understand that if you want to talk about it, you know, this is your time and I'm happy to talk about it. I might be able to help. I might not. 
uh, but I'm ha but I'm happy to talk about it. Unless it's a sexual harassment situation, it's behind a closed door. It's particular. Yeah. It's, it's perfectly fine. And I think today, and especially in a state like California, where it's so litigious, um, employers seem to be more concerned about covering their backside, and many times rightfully so, than making that connection. Yeah, it, it gets it becomes tougher to have those human conversations. Um, hopefully, it's not like that in Canada. <laughs> yeah, it isn't. It isn't. I mean, you know, the whole world is moving to more corporate protection and governance yeah. and HR policies and procedures and investigations and all that stuff. But, but again, that 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 goes back to what kind of culture are you fostering? Yeah. And what's your approach? Like if you're a leader that expects balance out of everyone and you say, Ken, you need good work-life balance, but then Ken's got to work 10 hours overtime on the weekend. And yeah. then two weeks later, Ken, you know, you should take some time back, but Hey, um, we got to be on site for the, uh, you know, the onboarding of the new client. And uh, that's going to take, you know, 12 to 15 hours. Why don't you and your team figure out how that's going to happen? Right. Well, you're not really given Ken, you're not giving Ken a lot. You're taking a lot, but you're not giving. Yeah. And so I think, you know, all leaders have to understand that if you have work-life harmony in your mindset, then a lot of times I would surprise employees and go back and say, Ken, you still haven't done anything about taking some time back. Right. So it's June, it's summer in Calgary. <laughs> it doesn't last long. Yeah. <laughs> so are we talking about, hey, you put in 25, 30 hours of overtime in January to onboard that client and work on a, on a critical project. Um, maybe you should take every Friday afternoon off for the summer. Mm -hmm. And the employee would always just sit there with like eyes as big as, you know, dollar coins. And they would just yeah. say like, really? Well, but, <laughs> but I got this and I have that. Yeah, but you gave. And yeah. you know what? you're going to give again. So we're looking at that low energy cycle and we're saying, Hey, for the next six to 10 weeks, we, you know, outside of the rare emergency that would come up, things look to be pretty calm, quiet, normal, normal pace. This is the time for you to take some of that time back. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That, imp that impacts the employee and he goes home saying, wow, um, sure. I'll take the time. And again, it fosters that culture. Like this is possible. We can yeah. help each other. And I find that if you have that human to human approach that you mentioned, you generally have less HR issues. Yep. You know, if there is a weird situation, then you call the HR advisor and you have her sit with you in the conversation while you say to the employee, look, it seems like you're kind of having some issue in your life or something happening. Here's what we can do to help you. And what are you going to do about this? And how can we partner with you? And, and at least then it's protected and documented and and it, and it sets a different level of expectation for the employee as well. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think it's an important thing for people to understand, but it's, it's leadership. So question then is, is the leadership, are they in harmony? Right. Are they balanced? Right. That, are they that. able to come in and set the standard where they can say, hey, I operate that way? Because it's really good for people to see the leader. You know, a, a lot of times the companies that I work with that really have great results, I can tell you the leaders are the first ones in and they're the last one out the door. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the employees know that. Yeah. And, and so they, they, they know that when that leader comes to them and says, Ken, I need you to help me tonight with this. Can we stay a couple extra hours and just get this done? The answer is usually yes. Yeah. Because they know that their leader is putting in the time. 
But if the con if the opposite is true, where you know the leader punches in at ten in the morning and is gone by four, and he wants you to work overtime, and she needs you to help out on the project, you're like, no, I don't know, something's out of whack here. It's not. So I think we have to really encourage all the leaders listening today to do things to get yourself into harmony. Um, I know another guy that, you know, he was telling me how he took up a hobby and he started doing shooting and competitive shooting, never really kind of got into it, realized this was going to be a good thing for him to do. And he was, he was of the professional opinion that you would do your work Monday to Friday and Saturday was the carryover day. So if you just weren't that productive at the office, then, you know, you had Saturday. Well, guess what? Shooting happened on Saturdays. Yeah. He had to drive to the range, come back. And he all of a sudden realized Saturdays aren't an option anymore. So it made him more productive to get his stuff done Monday to Friday so that Saturday he could go shooting. Um, and I call that the automatic yes and the automatic no. Mm -hmm. So for in my life, my automatic, if you don't have an automatic yes and no, then you're going to be at, you're going to be subject to the whims of everybody. Uh, because if someone asks you to do something and you hesitate, they'll smell that a mile away yeah. and they'll say, okay, you hesitated, you know, okay, great. You're going to do it. <laughs> but if you ask me, Hey Shane, can we get together on Monday night? I'll say, Ken, no. Yeah. Well, how about Wednesday night? Nope. Friday night. Nope. Those are my dojo nights. Mm -hmm. Unless it's like something monumental, like a concert coming to town or right. an event that I have to buy a ticket for that happens once in a lifetime. Then generally, no Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, I'm at the dojo. Mm -hmm. So if, if you want to see me on those days, it's got to be before six o'clock. After that, I'm in the dojo for three hours. Yeah. So that by having a hobby, by being in harmony, whether it's hobbies or whether it's, I'm just going to be home with the family on Tuesday nights. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be present for those four or five hours on a Tuesday night. And I'm going to be with my family. Um, for some people, it's like date night, Wednesday night with the wife, yep. regardless of how many kids they have and what's going on. Don't get in the way at, you know, of this guy and this woman going for their date night. And so when you start getting into harmony, you create these blocks of protected time. And those blocks give you the fuel of life. And mm -hmm. then that helps you be a better leader. It helps you be more productive. And then that sets the tone that your employees and people around you can follow. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very insightful on that. Um, usually when somebody says, hey, can you hang out on Monday night? I just say, no, I don't like you that much and then move on. Um, you're a lot nicer, <laughs> uh, but you, but I, I know, I know you well enough right now that you are actually in the dojo on Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Um, yeah, I could talk about this stuff for hours and hours. You know, so much insight here. Uh, but to wrap up a little bit, do you have a, a number one tip on work-life harmony uh, in fact, I'll let you, I'll, I, I want to hear two tips, one from the business side of, of how to foster work-life harmony and one from the individual side of how to, to foster work-life harmony. Yeah, that's awesome. So the business side, I'll break it into two pieces for you. Number Please. one, I really believe in 90-day goals. I think the old goal setting mechanisms of one year, three year, five year, that's vision statement, mission statement, yep. planning. Totally agree. But you need 90 day goals. 90 day goals is the currency of when things happen. And I, when I work with my clients, it's we set four goals maximum. Mm -hmm. And we do something called an FSI. So it's a fundamental success indicator. Fundamentally, why are you doing this thing? 
that's the first thing that needs to be dealt with because a lot of times the reasons why aren't sufficient to drive you and the team to get it done. So we need to get that done. Uh, the, the S for success is what are the things you're going to do, start doing and stop doing in order to get this project done. And the indicator is what's the one indicator, not a hundred. What's the one indicator that's going to get you to putting in the time or the input energy to get the project done. And so we come up with four of those. And I think professionally that puts you and the team in a lot of harmony. Everybody knows your four goals. The team has four goals. You have a lot of other things you're going to keep in maintenance mode reporting and all that other good stuff, mm -hmm. stuff that people don't really like to do anyway. But, <laughs> but in terms of the core, core objectives, if you have four of those 90 day goals, the 90 days allows you enough time to put and commit energy to, but then it also allows you a, a period of going into a low energy cycle saying we completed that 90 days. We're going to take a week or two retool and we're going to set up the next 90 days. So that would be the corporate part that I would say keeps you in harmony. Mm -hmm. Personally, personally, you can kind of look at it two ways. Number one, do you have the automatic yes and no set out? Do you have those time blocks of meaningful time that you protect, whether it's your hobbies, your passions, going to the gym, date night? A lot of people, when I start working with them, they don't have that. They have a smattering of stuff. They have like preferences, but they don't have any boundaries around that. So by setting those things in place, you actually go to work on creating, you, you flex the boundary muscle. Mm -hmm. And whenever you flex the boundary muscle, that encourages greater level of harmony. And guess what? It's this weird thing. It's like people in society, if they come up against a person that has no boundary muscles, they will walk all over you. But the minute they come up to, you know, a bodybuilder sized guy or girl that has boundary muscles that big and they say, can you, and the guy or girl stops in midstream and says, I can, if it fits into A, B, C, or D, mm -hmm. if it fits into this time or that time, Hey, I'd love to help you on the project. Um, but you know what? I'm preparing for my black belt test coming up in a couple months and my nights are totally booked and I'm like, I'm solid. So if this is a, something that must be done, we'll figure that out. But if not, can we wait till after July? Yeah. And usually that sends the other person running because their muscles aren't as big as your muscles. And so yeah. if your boundaries and your control over your boundaries is greater than the other party, then you will likely influence that situation a lot more. So those would be my two things. And um, on the personal side, if you have that, that helps good. If you don't have that, then I would just encourage you to start asking the question, what are the bookends of your days look like? Mm -hmm. How do you start your day? How do you end your day? And there's two opportunities like, there's so many good books out there and, and other speakers who talk about morning miracles and morning routines and all that stuff. But the one I want to leave you with today is to challenge you. What's your shutdown routine? What's that PM shutdown routine? Mm -hmm. What is the routine that needs to happen before you go to bed? Like eyes, eyes shut, you're out. And what happens is that 60 to 90 minutes before that, mm -hmm. because I, I can tell you that 99.3% of all people don't have that. Yep. They don't have that it's foggy. And the minute you start getting clear on the shutdown ritual, you'll start getting a lot more power and you'll be in, you'll be in a lot way more harmony because you'll realize that then, then you're sandwiching all the other stuff from the minute, uh, the morning to the evening gives you a good, competent, productive middle. Yeah. And you'll, you'll end up enjoying your day at the end. Yeah. Yes. Again, so much insight um, for those folks that are obviously listening and not watching, because this is a podcast, I've been nodding my head uh, like a <laughs> bobblehead for the last five minutes because right on point. 
Uh, I can't even remember the last darn three to five year strategic plan I wrote for a client. Um, and I'm, I'm actually more of a stickler. I say three goals, four is even, you know, we're starting to get into a, a gray area here. I say, if you absolutely need to have a fourth, fine, but we're not going to have a fifth because I want focus. Um, and yes, I've, I've heard from a lot of thought leaders like yourself, schedule everything, you know, schedule those workouts, schedule that time. Uh, because those are, you know, the, like the old analogy goes, the big rocks. Um, and you can always find time for the small rocks and, and the pebbles in there. Great stuff, Shane. Uh, last question I have for you is for our audience that really could and should tap into your brilliance. How best can they find you? Well, I got two things. Uh, they can find me at samuraiinnovation.com. So that's our home site for our website. And there's a whole bunch of information there and that get, that'll get you into my world. But I can give you a gift today, which- Please, uh, we, we, just we love gifts. <laughs> yeah, fresh off the press. This, this has only been out for about two weeks. Uh, I created a course and I wanted, and, and the course is saleable now on our site. And then I decided that for my friends like you that I'm helping out and you're helping me, that I'll just gift the course. Awesome. I'll buy the course for them. So you can go to no fail plans. So no fail plans.com. Mm -hmm. And it's a course that I put together because I get asked this all the time. Well, how do I do work life harmony? How do I become more productive? And I get different questions from different people. So I put together an eight no fail planning course. So there's eight no fail planning methods. And I know that one or two of those methods are going to help you. And you will say, oh, that's a light switch. That's an on switch to greater productivity that will free me from some sort of prison that I feel like I'm in. And that will actually be the spark of you getting some greater work-life harmony. So that's probably the best thing I can give to you guys today. That, that is awesome. Thank you so much for the gift. Um, that's terrific. Audience, grab that. You need that. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, I'm going to go grab it after this show. And just as important, Shane, thanks for spending some time with us today. A lot of great insight, um, a lot of great tips for people out there. Thanks for allowing me on to share with your people. Like you have a great show and I love listening to your show. So uh, yeah, glad to be of service today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the comments. And it's completely my pleasure to have you. And thank you to all of you that have listened to Cool Culture Corner. And as always, here's hoping that you have a cool culture corner at your unique business. Take care.